When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Shay Dixon. Shay, it is Friday morning, and um, it's not an 11 a.m. kickoff tomorrow, I guess. I don't know. Some people are torn on it. Some people like the 11 a.m. kickoffs. Some people like, the obviously, Saturday night Death Valley aspect of things. Um, where, do you, where do you fall? I think if I'm a fan, I view it this way. I lo- if they win, I love it because then you get to just watch all the other games and talk trash. And if other people lose, you get to talk trash. If it's an 11 a.m. game and you lose, then your whole Saturday is shot. Yes, Everything else is just pain. It doesn't matter who wins or loses because you lost. So um, I'm – I'm all for it when they win because then our board and subscribers are happy. But when they don't, it's just a full Saturday of misery. Yes. Of Is being that like, fair? Who's, yes. Of being like, who's fired? You know, what changes do we need to make? What changes? This? It's just everything the rest of the day, which is great. We love it. Obviously, the fan engagement. That's what we we thrive on, how passionate LSU fans are. But, um, yeah, definitely that would be the preferred um, outcome is 11 a.m., win the game, move on. But, 6 p.m. with these late kickoffs, there's always a lot of tension. There's always a lot of what could go wrong, so on and so forth. And especially in a game like this, LSU versus Auburn, where LSU enters the game as I haven't even looked at the spread in the past like 24 or so hours. Is it still like 10 and a half, 11? I'm assuming. Oh, it was at 11, 11 and a half. Yeah, something in that range. Okay. In a game like this where you're, you know, two possession um, favorites. There could be some anxiety here, and we'll get into it, but there might be some reasons to have a little bit of angst here uh, against an Auburn team that is 0-2 in conference, 3-2 uh, and overall, barely beat Cal, uh, has you know some unimpressive results in the non-conference and then goes into conference and loses to uh, Alabama or uh, Texas A&M and uh, Georgia, sorry, Texas A&M and Georgia, and now they got LSU on the road. So that's a really tough start to the SEC schedule for uh, Hugh Freeze's team. And albeit they are 0-2, I thought they played really well against Georgia at home. And then they hung with AM for about a half and then kind of let the wheels fall off and the offense just couldn't do anything. So where do we want to start with this Auburn team, this matchup, LSU versus Auburn? Which side of the ball interest is intrigues you more? Uh, let's start with, Auburn's offense versus LSU's defense. I think that is an intriguing thing because, and you did, as you do each week, you did all your breakdowns. I think one thing from just face value, like, you know, your um, macro view of it is Auburn has, LSU has the worst pass defense. Well, no, it's not true. They have the 13th of the 14th out of SEC teams pass defense. They actually have the 14th, the worst rush defense in the SEC. Auburn has the worst pass offense, but a top three rush offense. So is it as simple as saying, oh, well, Hugh Freeze is just going to run the ball and try to play 
possession, a possession game where you're grinding it out, time's coming off the clock, and LSU's offense spends less time on the field. Like that seems the most easy way to explain it when you look at the stats. Is that what you came across when you dug into the film? Yeah, essentially through two games, they've run the ball, I think 65, 66% of the time in their two SEC games. Peyton Thorne has 140, 40 yards passing uh in those two games. Like they are they're dropping back to pass. I think they're, you know, it's like 20 attempts in those two games each. So they have those attempts, but a lot of them are short stuff. A lot of them are, you know, Brian Batie on the outside, the tight end, uh, Fairweather as well. So it's like they're not trying to be dynamic. They're just trying to keep you honest enough to run the ball. And Hugh Freeze obviously has had some good passing offenses uh, at Liberty and, you know, back in the day and whatnot. But he is an offensive minded coach that can handle and do you know create a solid offense with the weapons that he has on this team and that is Jarquez Hunter at running back that's a solid enough offensive line and that's two quarterbacks that can run the ball and because of that he has built a run game that is honestly really impressive because of the lack of ability to throw like their versatility the way that they're blocking on the edge um the, the way that they balance Hunter and Batie uh, I just think it's a really, really tough run game to stop. I mean, we saw Georgia have a hard time stopping it. Uh, uh, Texas A&M did a better job stopping the run than Georgia did. But still, even in that game, I thought Jarquez Hunter was really good. So that is a massive area of concern here. And my one you know, rebuttal, maybe play devil, devil's advocate is, well, LSU shut down Mississippi State in that game they played. I look at this as a very different offense, a much better offense, a much sharper rushing attack uh, that Auburn has that LSU is going to have to be prepared for. When Okay, so Auburn's going to have to run the ball. Eventually, they're going to have to throw it. Here's my thing. Are LSU's defensive backs having a very rough year? Yes. Is LSU ranked dead last in the SEC in pass defense? Yes. But I'm looking at an Auburn team that already flip-flopped quarterbacks and that no receiver on the team has gone over 200 yards on the year yet. LSU's receivers top two do that a game almost. <laughs> so am I led to believe even as bad as LSU's past events has been, is Auburn's passing offense worse? Hmm. It's <laughs> a good way of putting it. Uh, yeah, I would, I would say so. Now, Brian Kelly yesterday at the press conference answered it in a way that, you know, coaches do when they try to, you know, be positive about the other team in a way that fans would understand where he's like Peyton Thorne's a, you know, for his career has passed for like 6,000 yards. And that's true. Michigan state, he did. Um, but I think there's, you know, a reason why he went to Auburn out of the portal. Like there's, there's a reason why he wasn't uh, able to kind of take that next step with Keon Coleman last year at Michigan state as his at receiver. Like there was, he had weapons at Michigan State, was was fine, but now he goes to Auburn where they do not have weapons. That's the thing. I think this offense is more of an indictment on the receivers that they have than it is the quarterback play. And I don't think Thorne's great, but the receiver play here is just very, very limited uh, across the board. They took a lot of transfers, and it's hit or miss very much. And uh, some of them are, are fine, but... They have not been able to scheme them open. They haven't been able to make big plays. If, But at the same time, like you said, and I, I don't know what you think on this, but like, does it feel like LSU is going to give up a play or two 
that it's going to be like, all right, there's a 30 yard pass. There's a, you know, 40 yard pass just out of a bust or out of a one-on-one situation where they throw it up. Do you feel, is that a concern? Yeah, that'll happen. But I just, that's, I think that's going to happen and you know it, and maybe it's okay in the sense of it all for me falls back. Woes defensively are cured by LSU's offense is just going to score points on almost every possession they have. And even if they punt it twice a game, the they lead the nation or that they did last week. I don't know what this week's stats are, but in getting to the red zone, uh, certainly lead the SEC in it. Um, Jaden Daniels is the highest graded quarterback in the country right now in, yard, in 20 plus yard throws. So like Daniels is healthy. Obviously, he was sore to start the week, but you'll have that running element with him. Diggs has been excellent as a guy who can go for 100 every week on the ground. Uh, we know what neighbors and Thomas can do. So, like, even if you give up some play, like, if you give up two busted plays in the passing game that go for touchdowns, I'm at the end of the day not worried about that. My worry in this one would be much less on what Auburn's doing offensively. And if somehow, for the first time this year, LSU's offense is the one that sputters and keeps Auburn in the game. Yeah. Um, we'll flip it in a second um, and get into that. I will say the last thing on this Auburn offense, and I think some people have made this point, is <clears throat> Auburn with their running game and how they kind of operate moving the ball down the field, they will get in the red zone a good amount. They're not the most efficient team in the red zone. They have 12 touchdowns on 19 attempts, uh, three field goals, so 15 out of 19 scores. They're probably going to be aggressive on fourth downs. Uh, anything fourth and short, I, I'm going to assume that they're going to go for it. This comes down to, like I said before, I think I've said this the past three games, the defensive line for LSU. Now, we saw the defensive line take a step forward last week against Missouri, especially in the second half. Can they replicate that? Can Mason Smith, Makai Wingo, if they sub in Jordan Jefferson and Jacoby Guillory, like those guys slow down the run? And then – I do think the linebackers actually have a really tough task here of not only filling the gaps, getting off blocks, but I mean, they use their tight ends a good amount. Auburn does. So that's another thing you have to worry about. So you have that aspect of it. You have the, okay, Omar Spates is back. Is is he going to start? How are they going to rotate him in? There are ample questions I have here about the defense, but I do feel better after last week of watching the defensive line, at least show some flashes of what we thought that they could be. I'll give it uh, – this is a perfect way to end this segment on uh, Auburn's offense versus LSU's defense. Auburn's offense, uh, as total offense, yards, uh, 13th uh, in the SEC out of 14 teams. Uh, LSU's defense total out of yards, uh, 14th out of 14. So the worst offense maybe in the SEC versus statistically the worst defense so far. I, uh, I think what happens on that side of the ball will go a long way in determining the game because if – if Auburn can't get anything going on the worst defense in the SEC, LSU's offense is going to run them off the field. It will, yeah, they'll cover that spread easily. And Auburn's, well, not to flip the flip the thing. I mean, it's kind of both, but Auburn's defense has created a lot of turnovers that has given them either touchdowns or field position stuff like that. That is something that I think. Uh, God, I get those two Georgia and uh, AM games confused in my head. But in those games, there were turnovers that gave them advantageous field position. Like they're not just driving on people. They did score 20 points against Georgia, but, you know, the interception from Jalen Simpson and so on. So that's going to be an interesting thing there against an LSU team that doesn't really turn the ball over. So we'll, we'll get to that um, in a second. Though. Well, did you see uh, that the Auburn game is announced as a sellout 
Matty B. I did see that. That's right. It's going to be packed. A lot of recruits in town. Six o'clock kickoff at night. Uh, it will be the place to be. And LSU's been on the road four of the first six games of the year. So fans have not had a lot of uh, time to get into Tiger Stadium yet. This is the biggest game to date. It is sold out, but all is well because of game time. Uh, again, download the game time app. We tell you every Friday before the game, create an account, use the code TIGERS. That's T I G E R S. Obviously, 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create the account, redeem it with the code TIGERS. You get 25 bucks off that first purchase. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. We've had people already tell us that they've got their concert tickets off here. They've gotten Saints tickets. They've gotten um, shows, uh, theater tickets in New Orleans, uh, even in Baton Rouge off game time. We'll focus this one as we do each week on the preview and prediction pod on the game. Is it a sellout? Yes, but can you get still get tickets, LSU fans? You can, and you don't need to wait uh, to walk around on game day and buy one from somebody outside. Uh, instead, game time has got you. I don't have a uh, exact pick of the week. I do have a lower bowl for $80 uh, that I see on game time right now. Uh, if you pull up the game time app, it'll give you the Tiger Stadium if you're watching on YouTube. It'll make you, you can full see field. all the open seats where people are reselling their tickets. You can sit in the lower bowl for $80. I'm seeing more tickets pop up right now, $76.93 down in the end zone again. If you're the premium, you want to spend a little more, sit at the 50-yard line, uh, $130 right now, uh, really on both sides. Whether you want to be on the east or west, it'll be nighttime. Sun shouldn't be an issue, though. Uh, but $130 can get you in the fourth row, basically, Ooh. at the 50-yard line of this game. So Lord. plenty, plenty of tickets yeah. uh, still available on the Game Time app. Again, just as I'm talking this, I refreshed it. I see five more pop up under 100 bucks. So you can still get into the game. Use the Game Time app. Promo code Tigers will get you 20 bucks off your first purchase. Game Time is our go-to app. It is the only ticketing app we use. And uh, give them uh, your business as well. Download the Game Time app. Get on there. Check it out. LSU Auburn, 6 o'clock on Saturday. Um, okay, let's flip it, Matty B. Offense versus defense. Uh, once again, uh, I like to at least look at the stats. I like to do it. Uh, by conference, at least we're a little bit midway through the season. They played enough conference games for this to even out with conference and non-con. Um, scoring offense, LSU, number one in the SEC, 45 points a game. That's one of the best scoring offenses in America. It's top five. Scoring defense uh, for LSU, we've already noted that one, 13. Auburn, meanwhile, fifth. They allow 18 points a game right now. Your immediate takeaway when you hear, man, 18 points, that's not much. And if we go on Auburn's football schedule right now, we obviously know that they're coming off of a bye week. Yeah. Uh, but they did play Georgia. As you mentioned, that game was tight. It was 27 to 20. Yeah. They played AM. It was They lost, but it was 27 to 10. Uh, they've yet to win an SEC game. Those were the two losses. They played Cal, who's been a team that's been okay this year. They won 14-10 in a very close game. Uh, they played UMass, blew them out. They played Sam Samford, uh, the Bulldogs, blew them out. But in SEC play, they have allowed 27 points to AM, 27 to Georgia, uh, and then again in that one non-con game of relevance, 10 to California. Yeah. Takeaway, that's, that's not a ton. They have a good defense. Yeah, that, this is – 
this is what's concerning to some LSU fans, and and me included. This is on paper, and I think in practice, this is the best defense LSU's fa- faced this year, which sounds crazy to say because it, going into the year, I, I expected this defense to be fine. The defensive backfield was going to be a strength for them coming into the year, but they had major question marks at linebacker, question marks on the defensive line. They added a lot of transfers similar to their offense, but um, a transfer like Larry Nixon at linebacker has been great for them. And guys have stepped up on the defensive line. I mean, uh, Marcus Harris has been one of the better interior defensive linemen in the entire conference to this point. Five tackles for loss, 19 tackles, two sacks at a defensive tackle position. He's been excellent. He's played big in both of those SEC games. And the defensive backfield's been as good as Auburn fans that hoped it was going to be. I mean, it's Jalen Simpson at safety has four picks, and the way he can break on a ball just it gave Carson Beck fits. It gave Max Johnson or no, it was Connor Wegman for a half and Max Johnson for a half uh in that game. So it gave both of them fits. I just thought he was awesome. DJ James and um Pritchett on on the outside are, are really solid. And it's very clear like this is a strength versus strength type of game here where you get LSU's offense against Auburn's defense. And I I think you know Arkansas's defense isn't bad. Um, Obviously, Florida State's defense is pretty good. It's been a little inconsistent as the year's gone on, but this is a defense that if you watch the Georgia and A&M games, you're like, this defense is giving them the, like, it's keeping them in the game. It's giving them a chance to win. Now, A&M did break a few runs, um, I believe, and some big plays, but, like, Auburn's really tough to move the ball against, just, like, matriculating down the field-wise. So, I've I've been impressed. You go watch those two games in the SEC play. It's like, all right, they lost, but the only reason it was really close was because of this defense. Yeah. So um, as you noted, uh, the best defense they played statistically. You're absolutely right. Um, if you focus on scoring defense, how many points did they ultimately give up? If that's what you care about uh, the most, uh, is the determining factor of how good your defense is. Everyone that LSU has played so far is ranked outside the top 50 in scoring defense. Florida State is just inside that. I think they're in the 40s, uh, 43. Mm-hmm. Auburn is top 25. So statistically, yes. Now, it probably doesn't help a few of those defenses that they had to average in giving up well, 700 to LSU or whatever it was. <laughs> but point being, now that we're at the midway point of the season – You've got a little bit of a feel for it. Auburn is the best defense they will have played. Now, can they stop LSU? Because Maddie B right now, since that second half of Florida State, when LSU got blanked beyond a Brian Thomas touchdown at the end, they have been absolutely on fire. And I don't know. It it feels weird. This game feels weird to me because it was so easy to call Missouri and Ole Miss ahead of time shootouts like whoever has the ball last or ever scores like 40 something points is going to win that doesn't feel like the case here like what is the mark lsu needs to get to because yeah. auburn ain't putting up 40 points on no. lsu no that that's the interesting part like can auburn make this an ugly game does it have enough defensively to make it an ugly game and i i've been on record i was like you know this is at this point this offense is you know get off the bus score 35 points 
uh, 35, 40 points. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if LSU scored 35, like maybe 40 points in this game. Maybe they hit a few big plays. I think LSU is that level of offense right now. But there is that chance in any game that the opponent that is you know, perceived as a lesser team, the, the underdogs, make a game ugly defensively. And they can slow it down with the run game, right? They can limit your possessions. They can – this Auburn team has a path to making this game – 28 to 21 like they had there's there's a way they can do that right so they lost to georgia 27 20 that would be considered an ugly game for lsu yes very ugly yeah that's and i think lsu's offense is obviously much um better than georgia's georgia's in the second half brock bowers just took over i think he had like 100 yards in the second half something like that it was the brock bowers show now now this defense is going to be going against malik neighbors and brian thomas and mason taylor and Jaden daniels I think that that's where a lot of people will sit here is if LSU gets to 30 points, I think they win. I think that's the mark you have to get to. Auburn could score 28 points. I cannot see Auburn scoring 35 points in this game in regulation. Maybe it goes over there, but like I can't see Auburn just breaking it down for five touchdowns against an LSU defense. That would be more than alarming. That would be like we are (laughs) – like hide the children, hide everybody. This is not good. If Auburn scores 35 points on LSU this week. The, is there a matchup to watch? Because it's so, it's so odd to me because LSU's offense is so good right now that every week we know what to expect. Yeah. Daniels is going to be able to protect the football for you. Yes. But he's now taking his shots. As I said, he's the highest graded quarterback in the country on 20 plus yard throws. They are explosive now. Brian Thomas has gotten his every week. He leads the NCAA in touchdown catches. Malik Neighbors, the same. He's number two behind Luther Burden in receiving yards. We saw Luther Burden a week ago, uh, obviously in that Missouri game. Neighbors, Thomas, the I think even over Washington's receivers are the best one-two punch in America right now. Diggs at running back is averaging 90-something yards a game, number two or three in the SEC. So he can run the ball for 100 every week. And then Daniels will run the ball for – 50, 60, 70 yards, 100, whatever he needs or is called for, he'll do. It's tough. And then Mason Taylor obviously gets involved uh, a good bit. Three, four, five catches a game. He'll get you 50 yards. It's like I know exactly what to expect from LSU's offense. So how do you pick out a matchup you're watching? I have. We haven't talked about the offensive line um, at all this season, really. It's, I mean, well, after the first game. After Florida State, it's been like, okay – how, you know, how are they going to use Zalen's herd? Uh, you know, are they going to move things around? I projected that they would. They haven't. Miles Frazier has been much better now. So the offensive line has been a obviously huge, huge strength, an integral part of this offensive success. This week they're going against a defensive line that, like I said, Marcus Harris has been terrific. Uh, they have some playmakers. But more than anything, I think with the question mark that is um, Charles Turner at center, and, you know, he's he's been okay. I don't think he's been great, but he's been okay. But now he's coming off of an injury that held him out of a lot of the game against Missouri. Is that a concern? Will Auburn start loading up on the inside? Will they try to get some interior pressure, uh, maybe stop some interior runs? Like that is an aspect of the game I am kind of concerned about because everything else, like the tackles for LSU, obviously, Will Campbell and Emory Jones have been flat out amazing. Like, borderline all all american level now the interior is where i'm gonna have a question mark because this 
Auburn defense is incredibly physical. They have done a really good job stopping the run against Georgia and uh, A&M to a degree. Like that's where this game, I think that decides how ugly this game is, is can LSU block them? That's kind of what this comes down to for me. And um, Charles Turner's injury kind of raises that concern level for me a little bit more than I, it would be. Did we get a latest update on uh, he's, on he's available. Turner? He's good. He's available. So Chris the Hilton's only, the only person who's out. Yeah, exactly. Everybody else is good. Aaron Anderson, uh, Omar Spates, Charles Turner. Am uh, I forgetting somebody? That's great news. Look, LSU's made it halfway through the season. We've seen no major injuries, no guys who are very critical go down. They've been able to start the same five offensive linemen in every game. If that continues this week, you're into the back half of the season doing that. Um, that's a good sign. Look, for the past two years, they were playing musical chairs on O-line to start the season to figure out a best five. They found that out in fall camp. They returned a bunch of starters. Uh, and a big reason, yes, we should talk about them more often. They're a big reason this offense is clicking. They give Daniels time. Yeah. They've paved the way in the run game. I've been very impressed by them. Yeah. Uh, last thing before we uh, take a break. This is, and I've, you know, people have written about this. I wrote about this a couple times, was LSU's off first down offense is still the best or top two in the country. Like it is at an incredible level. Auburn's defense is actually really really good on first downs and so that's going to be something that usually we don't you know fans and you know media and people don't really pay attention to first down versus first downs it's you know it's third downs that's what the keys to the game are is you know converting on third downs all that stuff if this if lsu can't get ahead of the chains like it usually does on first downs that sets up a really interesting premise of okay Jaden daniels it's now second and 11 or second and 10 and now it's third and eight instead of getting to their third and fours third and threes that they love like it it changes the complexity of what you can call if you're not getting those first down yards and auburn against georgia i thought especially really really did a great job on first downs and they are uh i think um on epa um cfb graphs has them top I mean, they they were top five going into last week's game, or no, going into last week they had a bye, but I don't know how it changed up. But after week five, they were fourth in the country on early down defense, and that's going to be a really interesting little battle that I think I'm going to have to pay attention a little closer to first downs than I have in the past. We've talked about that on the pod before that a lot of analysts say these days that first down is way more important than third down to determining the ultimate outcome of a game, and LSU has been so efficient on first downs. Uh, Daniel still averaging more than 10 yards uh, per reception uh, or per pass uh, that's yes, completed yeah. this year. So you're getting a first down every time you throw it on average uh, is just been something remarkable to watch. So we've got good on good and bad on bad. It sounds like in uh, these two sides of the matchup of Oversty and Oversty be uh, be an interesting game to see which way it gives. Uh, but I will say this, let's jump into uh our other ad read, we told you about them earlier this week, but I did want to repeat it because the deal got better. HelloFresh is, listen, number one meal drop, America's meal kit, you know about it. With HelloFresh, it's farm fresh, it's pre-portioned ingredients, seasonal recipes. They bring it right to your doorstep. My UPS drops it off every Friday. Uh, put my order in the week prior. It shows up in the box with all of the, uh, you know, ice packs in it everything's to the meats are still frozen i'm good to go 
uh, and it's brought right to my door. I don't have to go to the grocery store to worry about it. You guys know I'm a massive, massive HelloFresh supporter. Uh, closing in on, if not passed up, 200 meals uh, across my time with HelloFresh. So I am about as uh, knee deep as you can get. Uh, but so many of y'all have crazy schedules. You can make it easy. Fall back uh, into your dinnertime recipe. Uh, don't fall back into that dinnertime recipe rut. Uh, keep mealtime exciting with over 40 uh, recipes each week to choose from. So you'll get on the site. It'll give you all the meals you want, whether it's you're a vegetarian or, you know, gluten allergy. It doesn't matter. They've got options for everyone. They change every week. You can put in your order that next week it comes and the produce travels from the far farm to your door uh, for peak ripeness. Um, you can taste it. I say it all the time, too. My biggest thing with HelloFresh is the ingredients are portioned out so well. I'm not going to the grocery store and buying a bunch of stuff. And then at the end of the week, realizing that I have, uh, you know, half a head of lettuce and this, that, and the other I bought too many spices and I'm not ever going to use them. And then they're going to go bad, but I just bought them for that one meal. You avoid all of that with HelloFresh. So it's saving you money in the long run, but here's the good news with saving money. Why we're bringing HelloFresh to you again this week on the podcast We've upped the deal. If you go to HelloFresh.com slash Tigers slash 50 Tigers, excuse me, uh, and use the code 50 Tigers, that's 5-0-T-I-G-E-R-S, you're going to get 50% off plus free shipping. I'll repeat it again in case you didn't hear it or didn't believe it. HelloFresh.com slash 50 Tigers, 5-0-Tigers, T-I-G-E-R-T-I-G-E-R-S. And use that code Tiger Fifty Tigers Five Zero Tigers. You're going to get fifty percent off plus free shipping. Highly encourage you guys to do it. America's number one mealtime kit. We love it. I've got it coming today. Actually, UPS is probably about to pull up, and the dogs will start barking. But that's part of the HelloFresh experience. So, shout out to HelloFresh. Uh, moving on, Maddie B. What are we doing? You want to do game balls? Yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. I've already got mine done as usual. So. All right. I'll steal them. If uh, if you want to double up, you can. Let me run with uh, top to bottom, though. Uh, quarterback, or excuse me, offense. Quarterback, Jane Daniels, is my game ball prediction. Why would I not ride with a guy who has now been the SEC Offensive Player of the Week four times, Matty B. He won it again this past week and is arguably um, the best quarterback in the country. He has accounted for more yards than any player in the country. He's been on fire with his arm, with his legs. He does it all. I could not I don't I think I picked him once this year. I've been cute. I've picked receivers. I've picked running backs. You've even picked Will Campbell at times. I'm going to Jaden Daniels, going to the well here. This should be an easy pick. Defensively, I'm picking someone based off of what you said is so important to this game. And it's the linebacker play. Tackling is really critical in this game. They run the ball a lot. Can you stop them? Can you tackle them? It's a lot like Mississippi State when you went up against Marks. So, no, I'm not going Weeks. No, I'm not going Spates. I'm going Greg Penn. For the second time this year, I'm picking Penn. I think games like these, it suits him well. Um, I do think he'll, they trust him to be out there. Even when Weeks and Spates rotate, Penn's still out there. Even when Harold Perkins takes on this kind of Sam linebacker role, Penn still gets 50-plus snaps a game. So, I'm rolling Greg Penn there, and I've done some research, Matty B, on special teams, and I've got a good one. You ready for this? I'm ready. And I think you've actually already, you've already picked him once this year, but I'm picking him for a different reason. 
I'm picking Nathan Divert. Who is Nathan Divert? Mm. No, he's not your starting field goal kicker. He is your kickoff specialist. He's your field goal kicker and waiting behind Damian Ramos. He's in charge of either kicking it out of the end zone or directional kicking it or whatever it might be. Here's why I think he's the uh, MVP, the key to the game for me. One, they don't ever return. LSU doesn't return punts. I'm not sure how often they're going to be punting it. Caleb Jackson did have a nice 40-something yard return, uh, but he only had one return against Missouri. I'm going with the kickoff specialist because Auburn may do some things bad. They may do some things good. But one thing that one player has done very well is on kickoffs. Um, Brian Beatty, uh, one of their running backs, four times in five games has had a kickoff. He's taken 30-plus yards. He leads mm-hmm. the SEC in kickoff returns. Again, that stat, they've played five games Four of those times in games where almost every team can choose to kick it out of the end zone. Some have not. He has taken it out of the end zone for at least 30 something yards. That gives you already an advantage of where you would have gotten it from the 25, if not more. You don't want him to break one. And you really want to make this offense for Auburn earn it all. You don't want to be giving them the ball at the 45 because they had a nice kickoff. So I'm going Nathan Dybert, kick it out of the end zone every single time. All right. <clears throat> I'm starting with uh, Brian Thomas at receiver on offense. I think that they um, Auburn will shade towards Malik Neighbors. I think there's a lot of emphasis to try to take Malik Neighbors away. I think with Auburn's front, they're not going to have to play as much single high stuff. I think they'll be able to kind of be – a little bit more brackety, a little bit more cover two as um, ish. Brian Thomas to me can take advantage of whenever they are bracketing neighbors. Um, give me Brian Thomas, whatever the over is on his receiving yards over sixty five something. I haven't looked, but it's usually around sixty five or so. Um, <clears throat> defensively, this one's hard. I'm gonna go with someone in the front six because I'm not going with anybody in the back end. Give me Makai Wingo who I feel like has been over the past few games, he hasn't, he's been good, but he hasn't been great. You know, he started the year. He was hair on fire. Awesome. Past couple games. I think he's been okay. Um, And some of that is the the defense around him is just crumbling while he's trying to get in the backfield. But regardless, I think this is a game. Makai Wingo wins at the line of scrimmage kind of gets a couple TFLs and um, yeah, they leave the game saying, all right, Makai Wingo bona fide star, defensive tackle, uh, made some plays that helped win the game. Special teams, always the most challenging. Caleb Jackson did have, and I I know last podcast on the Reactions podcast, we spent time looking at when the Caleb Jackson return was, but it was actually a holding penalty that called it back. Um, Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I, I remember that after the fact. I think somebody commented that as well. So thank you all for reminding us. Um. I'm going to go Jay Bramblett here because he had the shank against Missouri and he's actually had a couple shanks this year that you're like, all right, that shouldn't be happening with a player of his experience level. uh, I think in his fifth year of college football, but then he hit the punt that mattered and pinning Missouri back at the five. And obviously that was pretty much the game. If Jay Bramblett can get a couple punts inside the 20 heck, if he can get one inside the 10, Auburn will not score on that drive. They're not driving 90 yards. Like I said, they got a couple turnovers. They had some good field position against Georgia and uh, AM. That's what's going to decide the game is field position, 
I don't think Auburn's driving 90 yards. And if Jay Bramlett can punt the way that, you know, we've seen him punt before, I think that that's a huge advantage for this team. So give me Jay Bramlett with multiple punts inside the Auburn 20. Um, and that, you know, that is assuming that this team punts, this offense punts. But I think if he gets on the field three times, that's a pretty realistic number there. So make make him count, Jay. All right, score prediction time. You got yours, I've got mine. This game is uh, obviously always a tricky one. It is expect the unexpected with LSU-Auburn in this series. Obviously, it'll be the final matchup before you go divisionless next year, and then we figure out the new schedule of opponents, and they'll play every other year or whatever it'll be. But this has obviously created some of the most storylines in LSU football history, LSU-Auburn. So expect the unexpected. Who knows this weekend, I will say, my goal, strike while the iron's hot on Auburn right now. Hugh Freeze, year one. They're not good on offense. They can really just run the football. It's been a big struggle. I do think LSU hits 30. That was your mark. I'm going 37-24. That's a 13-point win. That's a cover. But as you guys know, I often make my prediction based around the gambling lines. That is a total of 61, which is what the total sits at right now, which would be a push. So I can help you not at all there. On your over under, but I will go. Uh, I think that LSU wins this one. They cover 37 24, is what I'm going with. I'm between figuring out how much LSU is going to score is the hard part here for me. Like, I think Auburn is going to get theirs to a degree. Like, Auburn's going to get to 20 to 20, you know, 17 to 24 range. I feel like that's where Auburn is, is going to get. LSU has a really wide range of outcomes here offensively. Um, I could see anything between 28 and 45. Um, put me at Auburn 23, LSU 31. I think Auburn's able to make it a game for the first half and make it a little ugly. So 31, 23. Um, I think the red zone, Auburn's, inability to punish LSU in the red zone might come back to hurt them a little bit, not being able to pass the ball um, in the red zone. So that that's a lot of field goals for Auburn. Um, or maybe it's a missed extra point. I don't know. But 31 to 23 LSU. There's my prediction. I've got LSU covering. You've got Auburn covering. Mm, yeah. Don't, I Last time I had, I had LSU blowing out Missouri. So, uh, or no, I had them beating Ole Miss. Yeah, I've been off the last two games. I had them beating Ole Miss. And then uh, I think I had them beating Missouri by what, 14, something like that. So, yeah, I think it was 14. So, been off the last two games after having a good start to the year. We'll get back now. I think this will think this Final will be, an will be out game. later today. Oh, Final and heads up, LSU is covered in all six games this year. You think yeah. that's going to keep going? Then go for No, it. no, no. They, they haven't covered. They haven't, they've hit the over in all six games. I'm sorry. That's what I meant to say. They have hit the over in every game this year. They're three and three on the year on covering. Uh, yeah. Again, versus spread, but they're six and zero on the over. If you think that continues, take that over sixty-one. Man, over sixty-one—that's a lot. Of, I, I, I'm just again, I'm concerned Auburn's going to be running the ball and chewing some clock up here. So that's my only concern there. But yeah, final lines will be out later today, so check that out. Uh, predictions on the site will be out with Billy, me, and Shay, um, and obviously all the content you could ever wish for on the Bengal Tiger on three, uh, recruiting wise. Bryce Underwood weekend. Got to get on the site. If you're not already, become a subscriber. Get all the latest on Bryce Underwood's visit. 
um, everything about the game, the trends of uh, the recruiting trail, women's basketball, men's basketball as well. Throw that in there, and you got a lot of bang for your buck. So, anything else, Shay, before we wrap it up? BengalTiger.com, $1 for a month. This is the time to get on. So, $1. Good. If you like the podcast, you'll love the site. $1. Oh, Oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, thank you all for joining us. Uh, We'll be back after the game to recap the uh, outcome, see how it goes. If LSU wins, LSU loses. And, yeah, thank you all for joining us. Leave us a five-star rating review wherever you're listening. Leave us a like, comment, share, subscribe on YouTube. Thank you all for subscribing if you haven't already. And, yeah, we'll talk to you all later.